Jennifer. Hi. Richard. Hi. What a treat to see you. It's always a treat to see you. So, for people who are not keeping track, we're a couple of days off a of schedule. So, I'm assuming that the word gets around on the flip side. <laughs> I started the second I wanted it done a little bit earlier. Yeah. And tell him like, come on, guys, are you, is it going to ruin everything? <laughs> you know. And we've had this conversation with people on the flip side and ask them, so what's it feel like you, this concept that we're talking about now, that we were talking about before, and their answer is like a comma, feels like no time yeah. has passed. Right. So, um, but I'll dive in. Where are you today? Where am I? Where I, I always am, my office, it feels like. <laughs> and I'm in my office, which is the Village Green in Northbrook, Illinois. It's beautiful. Isn't it? It yeah. really is. I was walking through there maybe five, uh, maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. Snap this picture. And it comforts me in a weird way because I spent most of my youth walking around these trees. I played football right under my left elbow. I mean, I was on the football team for like six years and we ran up and down and knocked each other out and whatever. That sounds like great anger management. <laughs> well, quite a bit of my, who I am as a person occurred right on this field. I mean, I can remember the day I was very shy, if you can imagine, and had no friends. I was, the class I was in was kind of separate from the rest of the school, which is literally behind this building, St. Norbert's. And um, somebody challenged me to join football. And they put it this way, you could never play. You're, you know, whatever I was, too skinny, too fat, too tall, whatever. You're lame. You could never do it. They challenged me. And I remember feeling nauseous, like, I can't do that. But then it was like, I have to do that. So I joined the football team and I didn't know anybody, but within a year I was captain of the team and I suddenly everything changed because I started talking like my dad who had been a sailor and because I could use the F-bomb pretty good. Everybody was like, who's that kid? He swears like a sailor. We love him. Anyway, my life changed on this field, so here we are. I never thought about it, but boom. I like that. I like it too. So Luana, our friend Luana on the flip side, who helps Jennifer yes. to access people over there. Um, as you guys have tuned in, we know that Luana Anders was an actress, died in 1996, or as we say, crossed over, and has been orchestrating various parts of my life since then, including talking to her. She's the one with the clipboard. Backstage pass to the flip side. So am I, don't get confused. And so is Jennifer, the two of them, clipboard ladies. So Lou, who's on the clipboard today? They put me on the clipboard, which is interesting. And my dad- you, Jennifer. I, I know, that's kind of weird. Hold on. Go ahead. They put me in my mind's eye. Um, well, they just want me to mention the fact that I'm 86 days without a drink or coffee or caffeine. Coffee? Or I know. Nothing. I've had no caffeine, no meat. Wow. 
Wow. I've had sugar occasionally on a couple couple fingers. I've had sugar a little bit, but everything else, no gluten, no nothing, no fun. Wow. But my dad showed me, thank you. My dad showed me, so this group of friends that I have that um, uh, that know about my little adventure um, gave me a coin for 60 days and I hit 90 this weekend. Which is Congratulations. Kind of, that was, that was, my goal was 90 and I feel, I wish I didn't feel so good, but I do. <laughs> amazing. Uh, Go ahead. Um, oh, that's just all I wanted to say. We did yeah, speak. My dad, to, my dad said, he goes, I knew you could do it. He's the one that told Lisa Williams. To Thank tell you, him. Jim. Yes. We did speak to Carl Young in one of our conversations. And I didn't know this until I did the research, but he was behind AA because he was mm -hmm. talking to, I can't think of his name, William something. And people who had an apotheosis or a religious experience were more likely to recover from traumatic things in their life or addictions. And so together, they, was it Gibson? I think it was. They crafted this idea of AA, of giving yourself over to a higher power to help you with addictions. So it is a flip side thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Or am I just trying to reach for that? pull that into no, our orbit no. a lot of thank you so a lot of times trauma usually causes the addiction or is uh. part of the addiction and then but they showed me i didn't have trauma i just decided to stop drinking you know to support my son and so what you're saying is absolutely correct like once you have that feeling of not having to drink or not having to you know, take that next puff of smoke or whatever your addiction, chocolate or whatever your addiction may be. Um, it's freeing. It frees your mind to get more information. It frees your mind because you're not constantly wondering where it's going to happen again or what you have to do to get it to happen. You know, your, um, your pineal gland gets stronger. Because, and the more that that gets stronger, the more that you believe in yourself, which also then builds up confidence, which also then makes you more resilient towards not wanting those things. That well, that's a good question. Yeah. If we can ask Luana or if somebody over there wants to answer it. <laughs> She's so funny. She says, I know a lot of alcoholics. <laughs> well, that's a question, Lou. So when somebody falls off the wagon or they're fighting an addiction or they're fighting a physical deformity in their mind, mm -hmm. and it, how does that work? So is the body stronger? The addiction of the body is stronger than the will? Or do people just... Um, Sorry? That's a great question, she says. The addiction to the will is stronger than the body. The addiction to whatever it is is oh. stronger. Well, I'm, if the body's addicted, let's say heroin. Okay. Right, right. Hold on. Then, okay, what they said is... Okay, hold on a second. Yeah, the addiction to the will of not wanting to do it or like so oh it's stronger yeah, it's stronger using that word addiction for both sides right. very clever i thought that was clever it messed me up i'm like what, what? <laughs> it's messed me up too i get it so you can be stronger you can overcome anything that the mind or the body is telling and you it must absolutely. Do. and that good and then they just parlayed that into parlayed you could tell i've been betting um <laughs> 
Hold on, so let me get my mind back. Um, just a little fantasy football, no big deal. But I did crush it this week, yes. Um, I should say Mike Barrett did, but that's a whole other thing. Um, oh, damn it, darn well, it. We're asking Lou about- I know, but she just said something. Oh, and disease. So not only can you overcome that, you can also cure yourself of disease. Well, or, you know, not to get people crazy, but to look at the roots of a disease, right. correct? That's it. Yes, yeah. that's it. Sorry. And those roots might, as we've learned, might have some precedent in a previous lifetime. I've seen that in this research. Absolutely. Um, filming people with phobias and accessing a previous lifetime where they had that issue and then overcoming it. Um, yeah. So. Well, we're meant to over. Thank you. We are meant to overcome our past lives. We're meant to overcome all the trials and tr the things that made us heavy or the things that killed us before. And thank you, they just showed my work. I'm sure I've been killed. This is the ongoing theme of my past lives, I believe has been this work that I've been doing, yeah. right? But you're meant to overcome your past lives. It's a great way to put it. We've talked to people who have accessed it. Wait, hold on, they're just showing me something. Sure. They showed me, I'm like, so the, it, you know, you don't have to take on your past lives, but okay, hold on, say that one more time. Your past lives all exist simultaneously, right? It's my belief, it's not anybody, it doesn't have to be anybody else's, is that our past lives are happening right now. Just well, we can be aware of them right now. We can be aware of them right now. That's how we get insight. We're able to draw upon all the good things in our past lives, as well as all the things that harmed us. Right. I just want to clarify, from outside of time, when you're no longer on the planet, you can observe all your lifetimes simultaneously. It doesn't mean, and this is important to some people, doesn't mean you're living a lifetime in the 15th century simultaneously as you are here, because that you wouldn't learn anything. You would never learn if you were all at the same time. But outside of time, you can observe all of them and we were talking about overcoming past lives. So the point is not to denigrate or put down those past lives because there's good things no. and no. you learn those things. Right. So I'm, when I say overcoming past lives, but I was trying to shift that into, we've talked to people who access Akashic records or the records of all your lifetimes. And they talk about examining that life and seeing what mistakes you made. Yeah, sorry. Richard, can you repeat that? Because you it got stuck. Yeah, that was weird. Suddenly you went bloop. Um, yeah. Sometimes we've talked to people with Akashic records, accessing Akashic records. And while doing so, they observe something that happened in a previous lifetime. And then in this life, they're overcoming that problem. So right. It's once you're outside of time, you can access all of those different memories, see them all. I mean, there was a meet a guide who had told me this as an example. And this guide said, if you think of your lives like this, going left to right, whoop, 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 that that's how you observe what you've learned. I've started here and I've gone to here. But if you turn the thing the life string into the your observation, you can see all of them simultaneously and see how stuff that happened centuries ago 
has right. influenced today. Right. Okay. Back to you, Lou. Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, she did. Got yes. me too. Thank or, you. <laughs> You're so funny. Um, no, she says that's important. It's important. That was a great example of, you know, of what we believe is outside of time. How everything is, how you're able to go in and out and feel everything, you know, because there is, it's all, you're like, <laughs> that was interesting. You're like one big cohesive tape. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Five, four, three, two. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, your mark, so what they're showing me is we're, all of us are very bent, like everything bends, like there is no, like it's not solid in the afterlife or in the flip side. Like a wave or okay. instead of a particle. But everything is immersed into everything that you are, into everything that you were or, you know, everything. Um, meaning that, hold on, show me again. They use the reference, it's like scotch tape. Everything can stick on it. You can just pick and choose what it is that you need to. <laughs> That's more important. With. Right. Stuff that you need to work on. Right. I've had a number of people reach out to me recently talking about how they feel or they're angry about the choice of this lifetime. They feel like they didn't choose it. They were forced to do it. And once they get back home, they're never doing it again. So Luana, if you could address that, what, what's that about? Okay. This is just how they feel in the present moment, in this time. Some of them won't know until the end of their life, looking back. Why they chose it. What a gift it was. What a gift it was, thank you. Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell them on Quora. They just don't want to hear Everybody it. has, so everybody has um, a frequency that just changes, you know, everything changes. You were talking about the melody of a lifetime. So the melody of a lifetime could be very beautiful, at, you know, all at once or it also, you know, there's not a time period where everything is bad at all times for every, you know, for the people that you're talking about. That sometimes, and they showed me, I, you know, when I say crescendo at the end, sometimes they're crescendo. They, it's the way they view it. It's the way that they view their life from that, from that point, right? It yeah. could, they could view it as being absolutely beautiful. And some they, do. And some do, or they can view it as there's no way I could have picked this because why would have anybody picked this? Yeah. Why would I do that? Right? All right, Lou, I got an important question for, sure. for you. Sorry. I have a question for you. It comes from our friend, Fred. I spoke to him on the phone yesterday, which is why I think we're talking today. Okay. And he wanted me to reach out to someone. Luana, you know who that is. Okay. Do you want me to reach out to this person? There's something about Fred being able to do it. She's showing me though his hesitation, like he's stuck. That's correct, that's correct. He reached out to this person, got a reply from 
a representative, and then called me and said, don't you know this person directly? Can't you reach out to them? But before I do so, which requires a certain amount of effort, I wanted to ask Lou, do you want me to reach out to this person or should we wait for the next person or wait for something else to occur? Not getting that you should. So for the audience watching, not to be too obtuse, this is a way that you can work with a medium. Jennifer and I have been doing this for a long time. I know specifically what I'm talking about, which relates to a project that Luana wrote, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which was given to somebody or supposedly, and we're not sure if it was. So the question was, did this person ever see it? And that's the question I'm asking in my mind to Luana, which Jennifer just answered, which is I'm not getting the feeling that this is something you should pursue. And that's okay. That's fine. It's, it allows you, it's not like calling up Jennifer and saying, should I use, should I have vanilla or chocolate tonight? I mean, people do that. I know they, I know they do with you, but I'm asking a profound question to my friend on the other side who is still exists, who can still observe what's happening. And her advice at this moment is what? Don't? I don't think that person saw it then. Well, that's another question. If the person never saw it, then that would be, a, uh, that would be me reaching out and saying, oh, by the way, did you ever get a chance to see this? And this is why you should see it. Well, can I text you something? Sure. Um, and you can just answer yes or no, because this person's been on my mind all morning long and I don't know. Yes. <laughs> this is subcommunication from the flip side. It's that project. Yeah, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's that same project. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because he keeps, he, is that the person you're going to talk to? Or they no. want you to talk to? No, no it's somebody that might okay. direct this project, some, a third person. But it's about that person, you see. So. Got it, because that's what kept coming. Okay. So Lou's advice so is, great. huh? I almost feel like you should find someone else. Okay. And just to be specific, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this screenplay that Luana wrote. Fred, her friend, was going to submit it to a person. And the agent for the person said, nah, it's not really for them. And his attitude was like, really? Not even a call, not even a comment, not even a, you know, maybe, I don't know, something. It was just, boop, see you later. So his comment to me was, can't you directly? I just got that this person has so much on his plate that it would just sit there. Okay, good. Even if they did say yes, or even if they did like it, it just won't. Okay, very good. That was a personal question. And for the people tuning in, you couldn't care less. You want to know out there, people, you want to know something about your life. So Luana, Who's on your list wants to talk to people out there or teach them something? You got somebody? 
Well, they're saying they want they want us to teach more about how how we could talk to them. Okay, process. Process. Let's talk about process. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about process in terms of how we do it, and then to share it with anybody on the planet. Because I've had people reach out to me and say, do I have to buy your books to figure out what you're doing? And I say, no, <laughs> you can, helps. sorry? But it helps. It helps because in backstage pass to the flip side, Jennifer one day said, I'm get the feeling that we should have a workbook in this book. And I was like, workbook? You mean like fill out? And she gave me specific instructions. And it's in the end of the first two books, Backstage Pass 1 and 2. And it's a method for anybody to talk to their loved ones. But what do you want to say about it, Lou? Okay, thank you. I know. Be patient. Be patient. Okay. Uh, remember the rotary phones? They're showing me a rotary phone. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> Slow. How long it took to connect to somebody, right? Oh, brilliant. We are so, we are such a society of instant gratification that we don't, that we do not um, allow for the other side to respond. Very good. And we don't allow them to come back with a language to respond. Instead, we think that we're all, we're speaking English, but they might actually show you pictures or they might show you, they might give you a feeling. Everyone processes differently. Brilliant. Brilliant. And just along those lines, just to repeat what Jennifer just said, communication doesn't have to be words. You don't have to be hearing something. Communication can be sex. <laughs> okay. Could be images, could be sounds, could be smells. No wonder it froze. No one so just the idea of how do we communicate with each other? We don't only use language. And what is language? Right. There's some great shows on PBS right now. Hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics was the first language. And then somebody came along from another country and use like the first sound of the hieroglyph to represent something. So like the letter A is actually a bull on its side with its horns. The letter A, Aleph, which was the hieroglyph in Greek, I'm sorry, Egyptian. And then that eventually got up to Greece and they just used, they took the symbol of the bull, turned it on, which was like this, and turned it on its side. We're always using representational things. We're always using metaphor. Metaphor is a way of speaking and communication. Poetry. Well, well, just like with what they showed me, thank you. They showed me a rotary phone, right? So it's interpretation. So, but you have to be open-minded. If I'm like, oh no, if I would have been like, oh no, a rotary phone, if I was afraid of a rotary phone, that's what I was saying. Then I would that would be taken away from me immediately, and I would miss out on that whole explanation of why they showed me a rotary phone. Bingo! It's brilliant because you think of your friend you want to call, you look up their number in the old days, and you dial. And there's there used to be only six 
numbers, and then it became nine, and then it became international calls, all that time. And you're thinking, I want to talk to my friend. And they said, and they said it was only based upon the actual physical phone, right? The physical phone. Okay, five. Yeah, four, five, four, three. Two. You said it was only based on the physical phone. Physical phone. And then they showed me, now we have Skype, we have WhatsApp, we have even Facebook telephone, we have your, your cell phone. You, we have so, even still a physical phone, but we have so many different ways that we can communicate. And they're saying they have all these different ways to communicate with us. And they told me to show, show my own, share my own experience. Like I sometimes will get this smell. I'll get just a smell. Like I had a smell of old spice. Well, that, you know, whiffed by me. Well, nobody was around me. Well, that was my dad. My dad loved old spice. Right. I'm like, Oh dad, he didn't show me anything. He gave me a scent. Right. And then somebody else, you know, you could be talking to somebody on the phone and they're like, they can mention a word that is also a way of verifying. Like they could say, you know, I saw a rainbow today. That could be possibly be the rainbow that your parent, you know, that you needed to hear about or whatever it is. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it could come from somebody else as well. Um, dreams. Okay, hold on. Say it again. Are powerful if you allow them. And right now they're just show, oh my gosh, it's so funny. They showed the world and they just shook it. Like dreams are crazy right now. Oh, COVID. Um, people have way too much that they're fearful of. And so they take that into their, thank you. They take that into their dream state. Oh, we'll figure that one out. Um, Lou, anybody else on our list that needs to talk to us or anything else? More about, okay. About process. About how they can talk to us. So let me, hold on. Okay, they keep re-emphasizing, and I can understand why, because I have a lot of, I have some people that are just like, I don't hear from them. They just don't hear from their loved ones. They're saying that when their loved ones are doing a lot of, they're doing a lot to try to get their attention. Mm -hmm. um, the best ones, they say, happen when you're not expecting it, when you're not looking for it. And they just showed my, they showed me like going down to the water, going down to the beach and seeing a couple seashells or whatever that reminded me of my dad, like sand dollars. Um, they need to understand not to judge what pops into their mind. Like you have always said that, um, don't judge it because the second they judge it, then it gets taken away. It gets taken away. Mm -hmm. Um, and write your dream state, like write down things. Okay. Thank you. They're showing me like in your dream, you might have a bunch of things that you remember, that you remember, you don't remember, but write down. Just, just write down something that you remember from your dream state um, and then look at it later. Don't like, don't, because dreams, you can have a bad dream, right? Along with a good dream. And we'll focus on the bad parts about it, which is they're saying, they're showing me is the parts that are not true. Yeah. Like subconscious. We've talked about this and we had the experience where someone has a dream about seeing their loved one. And then as soon as they say, but wait a minute, you died, they disappear. So it's like, you just have to allow the information to come forward and then write it down. Or as we've learned, 
you can re-access the dream by meditating and going back to it and saying, what is it you wanted to tell me? Right. Okay. And to focus on lifting up your heart. Because that's, as you've said, they should thank you. That is your telephone. <laughs> like that is your first telephone. That's your rotary is your heart. Clever. Yeah. Um, the cell phone you get too distracted by. The rotary so phone, how do you do that, Lou? How do you open your heart? How do you lift up your heart, make your heart lighter? What do you do? Oh, you think of the universe and the infinite possibilities. So I just saw like a starry night, like stars and the moon. And right when, if you close your eyes and you think of, or not close your, you know, you could do it either way. But if you think of that, you can't help but get excited. Like if you think about all the different the possibilities, possibilities and the mysteries of the universe. And then, um, and just know without hesitation or reservation that your loved ones are there. Okay, Lou, let me clarify or lay it out. Someone wants to talk to their loved one. Helps if you go outside because you're not thinking about distractions. Look into deep space. Get away from your cell phone. Get away from your cell phone. Look into deep space. Think of the person. Maybe say their name aloud. Doesn't hurt. And open yourself up to communication. Important to believe that it's possible that they exist. Not believing they exist makes it very hard for them. And then you have to wait because they need to translate. I have to slow down their frequency. I've often said it's like a supersonic jet slowing down to talk to somebody in a VW with the windows rolled up. So they're slowing down and then you have to be open to whatever comes through. Could be an image, could be a sound, could be a smell. Ask. They said even ask, like, what is it that you're, like, ask your loved ones. Anyway. An ongoing job. All right. Love you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for your talents. Thanks for doing this. And stay tuned. We'll catch you on the flip side. Love you.